I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. And welcome to Through the Port Key on the Merc with the Movie Blog podcast feed. Every other week, we are reviewing one Harry Potter movie. I am one of your hosts, Sean, and I'm joined by... Who am I going to start with? Hang on. Let me... Uh, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. And... Kaylin. Hi, Kaylin. Hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I just cleaned up some baby puke, but, you know... It is fun. (laughs) Well, and, you know, just part of life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, for some the, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not for me. Uh, today we're covering Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, directed by David Yates, written by Steve Cloves, released July 15th, 2009, four days before my birthday. Uh, that and... is my birthday. Oh, is it? Wow. Yes. You know, we may not have Harry Potter's birthday, but we're in the same month. Um, the, Seventh one or eighth one, the very last one came out on my birthday as well. Dang. And the last two came out like November and then July, right? They came out really yeah. close to each other. I, I don't remember, but I just know the very last one came out on my birthday and me and my friends went to the midnight screening back when that was like a thing. And, you know, there were hundreds of people in line and, you know, you had to do the whole like get there four hours early and sit in the theater and there were people dressed up and the whole thing. We did the whole thing for that last one. I'm really excited to talk about that last one because I've got some thoughts. Uh, but besides that, also scored by, uh, the music was done by Nicholas Hooper. This is the last movie he's doing, uh, the music for. Next we'll have Alexander Desplat for the last two, I believe. And that'll be fun. Uh, we don't have to talk about any of the other movies because for the first time, <laughs> We're going from movie to movie with both of you here. Yay! Um, Woo! I don't have to ask you guys about the last movie. But we do have a, we have, I think, quite a bit of new casting. We're gonna hit some of it. If I miss anybody that you think is important, bring up a character and we'll find out who plays them. Uh, but starting with probably the most important new casting was, uh, Jim Broadbent as Horace Slughorn. Uh huh. He's so funny. Yeah, I really like him in this movie. I like him more in Moulin Rouge, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen Moulin Rouge. Oh my god, Caleb! Uh, uh, he's it's great so in it's Moulin Rouge. It's such a happy movie. No, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's such a, it's such a happy movie. It's smile. You know, it's it's a happy, uplifting movie like A Star Is Born. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I like Slughorn in this movie. I I think he translates well from the book. I think yeah. he's a little more sweet old man in the movie than he is in the book. I think yeah. he's a more predatory in the book. He's a lot more likable in the movie. I remember yes. not liking him as much in like he seemed um sleazier in yeah. the books. Yeah. But I actually really like the way he's played because I like the fact that he's kind of like he's obviously ambitious, mm-hmm. but you know, you could tell he's still trying to be a good person. Like yes. 
Um, whereas I don't know if I ever got that sense in the book. Like he was all ambition in the book. He's all ambition and he's also always on the sideline in the book whenever anything happens. Like I always remember, I think it's in the seventh book during the battle of Hogwarts when he's like being pushed to do stuff to help. Yeah. And I feel like in the movie, he just helps. I don't think, I mean, it might happen off screen where somebody comes up to him and is like, Hey, either go join Voldemort or help us pick, but pick a side. But in the movie, he just like helps put up the defenses and stuff without really any urging from anybody else. Whereas in the book, I'm pretty sure they have to talk him into it. Yeah. He's so. kind of sleazy. I think in the book, he really isn't like clearly on Dumbledore's side either. He's just like, on I think his own he's, side, I think. Yeah. He's not really like for Baltimore or against. He's just neutral. Uh, yeah. which they, they kind of hint at a little bit in this, but way more in the book, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So he's, he's just, he's a lot more likable. And, yeah. um, but I remember even from the beginning kind of liking that change. Like I, it never upset me. Yeah. No. Well, that's weird, Kaylin, because everything upset. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, uh, don't worry. When we get to Deadly Hallows Part Two, you could say that about me. Um, the next casting that I actually found something interesting. I didn't know this fact, but, but uh, young Tom Riddle, played by Hero Fines Tiffin, and mm-hmm. if that last name sounds familiar. That is because he is Ralph Fines' nephew. Mm-hmm. Really, nephew. I did not know yeah. that. I did not either. Oh, really? No. no. Oh, I knew that. Oh. I did not know that, but yes, young Tom Riddle is played by uh Ralph Fiennes' nephew, which is cool. I I what do you guys think of young Tom Riddle? The one in the orphanage is Yeah, the one with the in the orphanage, yeah. Um I like him, but he is definitely overshadowed by Hogwarts Tom Riddle in this movie. You like Hogwarts Tom Riddle Tom Riddle more in this movie? I freaking love Hogwarts Tom Riddle. Okay. Really? In this one? Yes. I think he's Sarah, a really thing. Sarah, did you say you like the one from Chamber of Secrets more? Yes. Yeah. I <laughs> I do not like this movie because I do not like this Tom Riddle. What? Like, I, That's the entire I do reason not... you don't like the movie? Well, no, I just don't like this. I find this movie very, very boring and very slow. Um, just... oh, I love that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do not like this Tom Riddle. I will, I will literally skip the scenes with him because I just cannot look at his face. I do not like the casting choice. Um, I think Speaking it doesn't make- the casting me- choice, uh, really quick, played by Frank, uh, I think, I think it's Dylan or Delane, but yeah, sorry, continue, but I just wanted to say who played him. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, I just, to me, it just, I don't think- I don't like the idea that Baltimore was like snaky looking from the beginning. Um, I get, I mean, I, but I do like the casting of him in the orphanage because he's like a cute, he's a cute little boy who's like kind of sociopathic. Um, but I, I don't know. To me, I think Baltimore was more kind of the like Ted Bundy, like yes. good looking, yes. got people 100%. on his side that way, and that's why I really like the Chamber of Secrets one because, like, he was a prefect. He was, I think, it was head boy. Like, he was like a good student 
all around. And I think like this guy just looks too much on the head that he's going to be this evil killer. And I'm like, okay, that's a little bit too you know much. He, he looks like the Nazi boy from knives out. Yeah, lo- no, but I would have rather had him. I think yeah, that I kid, he's great. That no, kid I love looks- him. I love he him. looks a little, a little, the snaky look, but not. He's still not too much. You know what I mean? What's, like, what's that kid's name? It's a, he's it's great. the kid from It. Him. He's yeah. the, he's from It, right? Yeah. Bill, I think. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this much: it wasn't just casting. They put, they had to have put a crap ton of makeup on this kid for this movie oh, yeah. because he's not that pale. What What did you say his name was? Um. Frank Delane, Delane, I'll, I'll write it down really quick in our little uh, chat here. No, I got uh, it. I got it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, the, the thing about him is, yeah, I agree. Because I feel like there's even a speech by Dumbledore at one point where he says that Tom Riddle looked just like an ordinary person. Like, yeah. Any, he just was an ordinary boy that went to this school. Like, I, yeah, I don't remember when he gives that speech. It might have been after Cedric died. Um, but he he does say at some point that he's like he was a handsome boy he was an old ordinary boy he was I think like, it is after Cedric dies I think it's in that speech I think it might be in that speech after Cedric dies but um for sure and this guy definitely does look like he's gonna like experiment on some corpses after yes. he's done talking <laughs> <to> them, <laughs> after but, he's done talking but the other thing you need to remember though is at this point in the story although they don't emphasize it. He has already gone to his grandfather's house, mm. which they never talk about in the movies. Mm-hmm. They never explore this. No, He's already yeah, no. gone there, murdered him, taken his ring, and is wearing it. So at this point, he's already turned. He's already mm-hmm. become. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like, the younger, like, Chamber of Secrets Tom Riddle, I, I think that the person... I, I, I like you could uh almost like think of him as a younger version that hadn't decided yet what mm-hmm. to be. This version had very much already decided what he was going to be. I think the problem is he looks older in Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, I think that's what it is too. Um, yeah, it does this, bother this, me. This kid looks a lot younger than uh even though I think yeah. they're actually supposed to be the same age. I, the same. I'm pretty yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be like the same year. Yeah, but I'm not sure. I can't. I don't know what like what Tom Riddle is being, yeah, you know, no expressed in Chamber of Secrets. You know what? Not gonna lie, it's possible we'll find out in Fantastic Beasts. Uh, it's possible we'll know <laughs> about Tom Riddle in Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Uh, uh, that's another conversation for another time. But, but I do really like that point, Kaylin. I yes. I, I like that point. I I don't know. It's just something that bothers me. But I I do to that point. Kaylin wish they talked more about Tom Riddle in the movie because this is Tom Riddle's book. Like this is Voldemort's yes. book. His book six. It's all about him. Uh, all about learning who this guy was before he was this guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I really hate that we never learn any of that. We never learn about. You know, he went to his grandfather's house to figure out kind of who he was, yep. and he, uh, he and find you, out he's a half blood. No, 
We never find out who Tom Riddle, you know, because his name's Tom Riddle, but his father's name is Tom Riddle. We never find out who that Tom Riddle is. We never find out who his mother is, that his mother was a little bit um, in product of incest. And she used the love potion on his father, didn't she? Yeah. Which is very important. (laughs) Which is why Tom Riddle is basically a sociopath. Because he was conceived under the effects of a love potion. And she thought that, well, after being with him for a little while, he must really love her. Yeah. And and then when she let (laughs) him kind of out of the spell, he left. And so she, like, died of a broken heart. And I feel like that's kind of the reason that the love potion stuff with Ron is in the book. Yeah. Because they are talking about love potions a lot in this book, actually. And Mm -hmm. it's why Harry defeated him. Well, well, one of the reasons people talked about was because of the whole love potion thing as well. Because, like, he couldn't, he was conceived out of love, so he couldn't understand the concept of love. And that's why, like, one of Lily's... Yeah, her yeah. sacrifice of love protected him, and the whole Horcrux thing as well. But you know, <laughs> I think that I think they kind of touch on his uh, underestimating love in Goblet of Fire when he comes back. Doesn't he mention something about that? He would. Doesn't he mention something about it being old magic that he hadn't thought of, and it was like the power of his mother's love? Doesn't he say that? Yes. Yes. Yeah, in Goblet yeah. of Fire. But they really expand upon it on this one. And I, I don't want to talk about it yet, because Harry Potter Deathly Hallows Part 2, but uh Voldemort, for me, gets even worse uh, after this movie. Like, worse so, bad or worse good? Uh As in, I, I, I just, I really don't like his his ending in Deathly Hallows Part 2. Okay, well, we have something to look forward to. Yeah, I think it completely undermines his story. But anyways, there's other people that are new in this uh, movie. First of all, Helen McCrory as Narcissa Malfoy. Mm, We talked about her a little bit last time. A little bit, but she didn't appear. I think we pushed it off a little bit. She auditioned for Bellatrix, I think, one of you said. Mm -hmm, I said that. Mm -hmm. Yes, she auditioned for Bellatrix. She got the part. She was pregnant, though. Oh, was that what it was? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, but she comes back for Narcissa, and I think she does a... I cannot imagine her being Bellatrix. I, I like her as sort of the more even-keel, yes. strategic, um, still obviously kind of evil, um, but not not pure evil. Um, Will do anything for her family. Kind yes. of matriarch. I, I love her. I think that she is a great character. I really wish we got more of, of <laughs> that whole, uh, really of that whole generation. Mm. Um, you know, the Lilies and the Jameses yes. and the Remuses, that generation. I really yes. wish we got more with them than we do. I get that it's not their story, but their story is the reason why we even have informs most. Of yeah. It. Yeah. So I really wish we had gotten more of them because they did such a good job casting. Like they casted all these like mega stars, like um, uh, Jason Isaacs, and yeah. um, I, I can't think of a single name, but there's like a billion of them, and uh, you know, the people who Gary play Oldman, Gary <laughs> Oldman, yeah, that name wouldn't come to mind. Um, 
the other and the guy one who plays Lupin and um, um, David Thulis. Is that yes, it? and Be- uh, Bellatrix Lestrange is Helena Bonham Carter, and like yeah. they got these powerhouses to play these parts, and it's like I want a movie about them. Mm. Yeah. I also wish we'd gotten more with the slightly older, like the people in between our main characters and that generation, like Tonks and Bill and Charlie and all them. Yeah. Yeah. More Fleur. I would have liked to yeah. see the Bill and Fleur stuff again. And... All right. So with us being on books, or book slash movie six, Sarah, and yeah. we have gone over a lot of the things that are not in these movies from the books. Are you cuz you didn't want a TV show, right? Um no, but I've been open to the idea a little bit more. Well, yeah, as we cuz I feel like I was before we started I was like I would like a TV show, but if it never happens I understand. And at yeah. this point I'm like why not do it? I don't understand why you wouldn't at this point because it, yeah. it's just become more and more clear how Little is actually in these movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> compared, and they're still full movies, you know? Like, I don't want to discredit the movies because I think the movies are still great. And we'll talk about this a little bit more, but I think this is still a good movie. Uh, in this universe of the, of the films, right? Where only yes. certain things matter. Uh, it doesn't adapt everything from the book, but I think it hits the important, important things pretty well. And it still gets the same story across, kind of, but, uh, definitely would have liked the whole thing in like an eight hour <laughs> TV show. I think that would have been great. Well, there is a great movie that came out of this, but there's also, yes, a great season of television that could be something yeah. totally yeah. different yeah. that could come mm-hmm. out of this. Now, I think the, uh, I, I would love to have a TV show. I think the biggest issue you would face is the same issue they faced with this, which is you're fighting time because mm-hmm. you're casting children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've got to have it planned out. And I think you have to do seven seasons and do a season a year. You can maybe push it a little mm. bit, you know. Um I, I think you could do maybe five. Because I think books one and two could be in one season. Because the movies are pretty much the books at that point. I... Like, I but I don't want, I want their development. I want them to add stuff in. I want them to. Well, yeah. But I mean, play like. with stuff. If you were to do like six episode seasons, right? Or maybe even eight. Like, even, that's eight hour long episodes. That's like, a two and a half hour movie for Sorcerer's Stone is pretty much the entire book. Add another hour and a half. You don't even need another hour and a half to get the rest of the book in there. You need like another 30 minutes to get the rest of the book there. An hour at the most. So I feel like you could do like, an eight episode season for season one that is like the first four episodes are book one and the last four episodes of book two. And then like as you keep going, like book three is longer, book four is longer, and eventually the full season is like, you know, eight episodes for a book. Uh My argument is that they just did it, Netflix just did it with a series of unfortunate events in three seasons covering ten books. And they're much shorter books, but... uh I, you could do it. I think you could do it. Hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'd have to think on that a little bit. But 
I do think that there is room to do that because there is so much. Yeah, the basic story would be the same, mm-hmm. but there's so much that non-book readers would just be totally like have no idea about. Like, yeah, yeah. um, like they we totally missed. You know, we never saw the house elves uh that work in Hogwarts that Hermione worked so hard to try to get them some. Some civil rights movement going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that no one cared about except Hermione. Yeah. Um, and the little drunk one. What was its name? Winky. Um, Winky. Winky. Yes. Yeah. Winky's my favorite. I love Winky. <laughs> uh, and, you know, like stuff like that, like we just didn't get. Um, and us book readers were like, you know, saddened. We didn't get the, uh, prefects and head boy and nope. stuff with yeah. Ron, Harry, and Hermione. Nope. Ugh. They really messed up Jenny as a character. Um, yeah. they kind of screwed up. They didn't screw up Malfoy entirely, but they, he just wasn't as fleshed out as he is. He seemed mm. a little more one-sided in the, in, you know, like one-dimensional, two-dimensional, yeah. whatever yeah. the phrase is. Yeah. Um, in the movies versus in the books, he seems to be a little more like conflicted about being evil. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you know, there's just so much that you could, you could put on screen. We would actually maybe get the rest of the Weasleys. We would maybe yes. get that whole <laughs> Percy storyline. We would maybe get, um, a, could, could we have Pigwidgeon please? Yes, because, please. because. Oh, yeah. Darren and I play the Lego Harry Potter games, yeah. and in yes. them, Ron has Pigwidgeon, and Darren is like, I don't know who this little bird is that Ron has, and I'm like, it's his <laughs> bird that he's had since the end of three. Like, he had that this he bird, and he's, ha- but he's had this bird longer than he had the little rat. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause he only really had the rat, he kinda inherited it from Percy or the twins or whoever. Um, so this is his pet and we don't get it. We yeah. don't get, uh, there's just so many like stupid little things that I get had no care, like no plot line, like th- that it didn't serve the final plot, but like we could see those things and it'd be so much fun. And, and we could, we could devote some time to just like the normal teenage like, fights and whatever that we actually did get some of in this movie which i really like like the whole hermione and ron not admitting they like each other thing oh i love that's my favorite part Mm -hmm. of this movie yeah i'm gonna say something's probably maybe maybe sacrilegious uh in in if you were to expand these into tv shows I think for the first couple of books you could maybe even add some stuff that wasn't in the books yeah Uh, I think nope. you could add stuff with Ginny. <laughs> that was good. I think you could. I would love to see Ginny be an actual character because I, I don't think she really was one in the books either. I think she's better than she is in the movies, but not by much. Uh, she still feels like an afterthought. So, well, in the first one, you, she's not at Hogwarts. So, well, no, but the second one, she is. The <laughs> she third just shows one, she up is. midway through the year. <laughs> Fourth one, fifth one, sixth Ginny, one. Ginny, what yeah. are you doing here? But I yes, like- I would. I want to see her be a badass and like pick fights and, and yes. Yes. all yeah. that stuff that she does. And she's basically, um, the twins little protege. Yes. Like, yeah. I love that idea. And yeah. Like 
there's a whole there's a whole space between because like she's important at the end of the second movie and then there's mm-hmm. a whole spot in like three four five and then into six where yeah. she's kind of there in the like background an yeah. yeah but then oh, all yeah, of a Jenny. sudden in movie six like I, I i immediately picked up on this when i was watching it again because i was like Oh, they want her to be important again is when Harry comes in from the Hogwarts Express and he sits next to her instead of anybody else. Yeah. Like she's all of a sudden part of that group. She's never been in the past part of that group. She's always been a little bit down the table. Like they'll have Neville or somebody there, but all of a sudden it's Ron, Hermione and Ginny there. And that's where Harry sits because she knew they knew that she was important again. But like, I'd like it if she had been there the entire time. Yes. Um, because in the book she is, she floats in yeah. and out. You know, she yeah. may not hang with them, hang with them all the time because she is yeah. younger. But yeah, she'd be there with them. She, you know, she did go on some little adventures with them. She picked fights. She played pranks. She did all sorts of things. She dated around quite a bit. Yeah, um, <laughs> about that a little bit in this movie. Yeah, well, we only hear about Dean, but I think yeah. she dates several boys. She um, does, yeah. which Harry's. Not, not happy, happy about, about. Yeah, because he's yeah. jealous. Ron's not happy about it because he's her brother. Yeah. Um, and Hermione's God. the one saying, y'all leave her alone. The fucking, I'm sorry, the scene in the movie when Harry and Ginny finally have a moment alone at, uh, at the burrow and then Ron just comes in with the plate of, <laughs> of, of food and he just, you mind? He just sits in between the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that we didn't get the kiss the way we do in the, book. I, yeah, I like the kiss in the book way better. Uh, it's so much better because he's just like excited and it's out of nowhere. And, and it's in front like, of everybody. Yes, and she's like, oh, a yeah. Badass at, uh, at yeah. Quidditch. And, yeah. Um, also one thing that confuses Darren is he's like, why is Ginny basically like his second in command or whatever on the Quidditch team? And I'm like, well, yeah. because she's pretty she important. Yeah, she's fucking she's, a great Quidditch player. Yeah, yeah, she's really important at Quidditch and like part of the team in the books. We just don't see her play any Quidditch. Like she takes over for him yes. when he can't be the seeker. Um, in book five, she plays for him. Yeah, and in book six because that's yeah, when he kisses yeah. her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, but we see none of that because we don't. Do we even see Quidditch in five? Was five the one where we saw no Quidditch? Uh, I don't have uh, any Quidditch in five. Yeah, no Quidditch in four mm. and five. Well, there was some Quidditch in four. It was at the very beginning. The World Cup, but we yeah. didn't actually see them play. Well, you don't we really see them. it. <laughs> well, we got to see them fly. Look, I'm taking what I can get, get, all right? Uh, I <laughs> wish we saw the World get. Cup. That's a yeah thing. You could I'm, do the uh, World Cup. <laughs> yes, I'm also mad about the fact that they don't explain that whole thing where he catches the the snitch. But he still loses. Oh, so good. (laughs) So good. And other people are like, why would he do that? But Harry gets it. He's like, he wants it to be over. Yeah. Yeah. He's done. But that's because Harry's, uh, you know, he's been there. He gets it. Yes, he gets it. Um, It's, yeah, there's just so much going on that's not going on in the movie. Um, But... Um, are we actually going to talk about like the movie? Because all so far we've just shat on. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Is let's actually <laughs> talk about the movie a little bit. There were a couple other castings that I oh. noted, but honestly, like they, Fenrir Greyback. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't care uh, about him. Don't really care. Lavender Brown was recast for this movie. 
Oh my god, she's freaking she's hilarious. Great. She's yeah. so she, good. She is amazing. I love her. I've never seen her in anything one else. One. <laughs> one, 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 one. So good. And, uh, Cormac McLaggen. Yes, he uh, went on Freddy to Stroma. Yeah, he went on to play. He played um Samuel Tarley's younger brother in just Dickon. Yeah, Dickon in Dick Game on of Thrones. Tarly. But then oh. he got recast. Wait, he was Dickon? Only for in an the episode. first time oh, you I, see him. I hate that. I loved oh, I wish he'd come back. I love that. Oh. And then he got recasted yeah. by the big guy who's in um yeah. Umbrella Academy. Yes. Wait, that, that is that guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh my god. <laughs> but but this this one, this Freddie Stroma Way to go. <laughs> yeah. also was on the show. I don't know if it's still on. I watched the first season of it, um Unreal on oh, Lifetime. Oh, oh, so good. That show is so good. He is so hot. Lifetime. Yeah. But it's well it's I'll, really I'll know about that one. So it's a scripted show, but it's basically about, it's about like, the Bachelor. <laughs> it's about the behind the scenes of the Bachelor kind of a thing. Like they have it's a so good. Yeah, okay, they have no, a show called something this. else. Wait, what? I might dig this. This is like a yeah. about the production. It's it's about it's from the production side, and it follows this one producer, Rachel, and like how she manipulates the contestants to get good TV. It's so Ooh. good. Okay, wait, this might actually be something I watch. And it's, it's well, it's scripted. It's, it's scripted. Yeah. So, it's a drama. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything Christian Harloff though has said about The Bachelor completely aligns with the show. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, but he's like the. The show on, in the show, the show is not called The Bachelor. It's called something yeah. else, but. I forget um, what it's called. He's basically The Bachelor in. Yeah. In the okay. season that's being filmed. Um, and she's like the producer who's sort of in charge of, of him. He was in Pitch so, Perfect? Yeah, he played the radio DJ guy in Pitch huh. Perfect. The one where Anna Kendrick, uh, works at in the first. Oh, okay. I didn't but, realize like, that. He's like the hot one that like lifts his shirt and he has like a six pack. I don't remember that. Or eight but, pack or something. Yeah. Anyway. But I, I love this character in this movie though. Like I think this is. McClagan? Yes. This is okay. the kind of humor that so many of the movies get wrong. That he throws up on Snape's. That I shoes. love. Yes. And like <laughs> just the, yes. But just the fact that. He just adds that extra layer of just like chaos because yeah. it's like Hermione doesn't like him, but Hermione has to strategize because she's mad at Ron and Ron has Lavender who is crazy as all get out. And mm. then, um, oh, you know, and so it's just, you know, I just love him being thrown in there. I mean, he's awful. He's completely awful and really gross and extremely sexist. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if a girl is obviously not into you, don't, like, just leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. And when he, like, at at the dinner party thing where he's, like, licking his finger and looking at it's her. so I'm like, gross. Oh, <laughs> you're disgusting. Oh, this is awful. Oh, abort. Uh, stop. <laughs> yes. But I'm so glad they added him in. I would have been disappointed if he had been missing. There's no yeah. way that they could. I don't think you can do this movie without him being there. Yeah, you need that what little pitch. <laughs> I don't mean that. I I don't mean that. McClag is nothing. The main character. He's the I main just, character. It's I mean, his the, movie. The main idea of this book, uh, or well, 
the main idea of the book is about Voldemort, right? But the main idea about of the movie is about them being teenagers for once before we finish the series. And I don't think that you can do that without having that love triangle or love square between Hermione, Ron, Lavender, and and uh, Cormac. I don't think that you can... Because if you're not going to make it about Voldemort and you're going to make it about them being teenagers, instead you have to have that subplot in there. Or else, what else is the movie about? Because now it's not about Voldemort and it's also not about them being teenagers. So is it about, like... Harry and Ginny or Malfoy, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know what the movie is about if it's not about them being teenagers. Also, they could have made this even more complicated because basically from, from four onward, <laughs> Hermione was still like pen pals with Victor Crumb. Yep. And they oh, never yeah. bring that up. I think Ron mentions it a time or two because she she would write letters to Victor Crumb. Now they made it clear that they were just friends, but still you, you Ron got doesn't that like hint. It anyways. Yeah, you got that hint of jealousy in there, and they totally leave all of that out. So we could have made this even more. Like there were all these reasons why Ron and Hermione couldn't be a thing, and mm-hmm. until finally they could. You know. All right, we. We, 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 we have to move on. Uh, yes. <laughs> we gotta move on into a, an ad break and then we'll do our in-depth discussion and then we'll, I mean, I guess we've kind of already talked about what this movie's missing, but we'll just hit the important stuff that we didn't talk about already. Alright, so we'll be right back after these brief messages. Hey there, Schmodown fans. This is Josh the Merc Rainer and I am here to tell you about my show, Talking Schmodown. Whether it's Andrew Guy getting hit with a chair, John Roca screaming, oh, oh, or the emotional retirement of the Shire Wolf, I talk about it all. So you can catch me right here on Anchor and all the other major podcasting platforms. So, as I ask every episode, are you ready to talk Schmodown? I am. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years, as we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's name, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, I'm Sean. You guys might know me on this feed from co-hosting Beyond the Screen, but now here at Movie Court the Movie Blog, we have started a brand new show exclusively for video games called Game Over Screen. So join me every week with my co-hosts. Hey, how's it going? My name's Brendan. And I'm Tyler. As we talk about everything video game related and when we, I guess, get to the Game Over Screen. I don't know. I don't have a good pun for that, but the joke is that we're going to die a lot in the game. <laughs> well, you might. Hey, Jay Wade here to tell you about SCN Afterlife, our SCN Live After Show, where we talk about 
Well, whatever Christian Brett and the rest of the crew talk about and the insanity that ensues. So join us each week here on the Merc with the Movie blog feed on your podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube now on the SCN After Live channel. Talk to you then. And we're back. Listen to all of those shows. Uh, Sarah, go get that rose. Listen to your heart. See with your heart. Do, do a dance. <laughs> he said, what is it? See heart. with your heart? Is that what it's called? I'm like, mm-hmm, that's, that's it. <laughs> okay. That was last night on Beyond the Screen. Uh, look, I really thought it was see with your heart. That <laughs> was about <laughs> blind people. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go pitch that to the studios right now. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Why do blind people have to date other blind people? That's not oh, very no. nice. Why do musically wow, talented Sean. people have to date other musically talented people? I don't understand that. they need either. to communicate through song, Okay, Sean. we're not going to talk about this. Go listen to Beyond the Screen if you want to hear about this. Yes, okay, so we have in-depth discussion. We each picked a scene. Uh, it gets harder every time. Uh, this one was hard because I couldn't think of a scene that I, like, really wanted to talk about. What? And, uh, it, 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 not like that. It was like, cause all the scenes I wanted to talk about, we'd end up bringing up in the differences section anyways. So I was like, I need to pick something else. And, um, uh, because of that, I picked the scene in the wheat field, the fight. Mm. Because I think. Which is not in the book? No, not in the book. No. no. That entire thing is not in the book. Instead of doing the, the battle of the astronomy tower, from the book, yes. they do this little fight in the wheat field, which is fine. And you it's like a cool that? Fight. <laughs> I like the fight in the wheat field because here's, here's like, here's the thing, right? If we're going to watch this movie, we have to accept that, like, it's not going to be the book. And I have to accept that the, the choices that they made in this movie are different. And if they don't want to do the Battle of the Astronomy Tower because it's going to be too similar, they think, to the Battle of Hogwarts, I understand that. I accept that. And if this has to be what replaces it, I still think it's a pretty cool fight. Um, I think like the camera work is really good. It's very kinetic with them running through, uh, uh, running through the, um, through the wheat field. And we get a little look at Fenrir Greyback. We get some Bellatrix, which is always nice. Uh, we get some Lupin. I just, we get some characters that don't normally get to fight and we get to see them kind of something it's still lame i'm changing my answer this is a lame scene um my the the scene i'm actually gonna talk about is the sectum semper scene when he takes off malfoy's ear although does he do that in the movie or does he just slash his ear off no he just slashes his fucking chest open right yeah 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 does he take the ear off in the move no that's 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 Fred that gets his ear taken off, isn't it? Or George? Yeah, yeah, one one of the twins. I George. don't know which one. Does he just get slashed up then? What does that happen George to gets the ear, in the book? Fred dies. The well, Septum yeah. Sempra thing just sort of like puts gashes all in his body. Yeah. Drill and clock. yeah, and then um it 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 is frightening to sort of see the blood what? just start yeah yeah and see malfoy like that because you can tell he's falling apart anyway yeah. yeah and then what what you don't get in the movie is that after that harry goes and hides the book yes because snape has to see all of his textbooks yeah. because snape knows that that's his spell that was written in that textbook 
Yeah. So that's what you don't get. And he hides it himself. And he sees the... The diadem. The diadem. And that's yeah. why later when someone mentions it in the the last one, he's like, oh, shit, I've seen that thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I stuck this book under it. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, there's some... There's some there's some stuff. Yes. Um, but with the Sectum Sempra scene, I like it because it's part of a larger thing I want to talk about, which I think this movie has the best acting in it. Uh I think this is the best performances by Daniel Radcliffe, by uh Tom Felton, by mm. uh by um Michael Gambon and by Alan Rickman. I think all of their best performances <laughs> are in this movie. Uh <laughs> why? What? Sorry. I said Michael Gambon, and I remember my favorite line of Dumbledore's in this movie that always makes me laugh. Is it the young love one? Yeah, oh, to be young and feel oh, love's, feel love's <laughs> keen sting. Uh, but yes, I, I think Tom Felton delivers his best performance in this movie, and I, I really agree. like I really like yes. that scene. Maybe not Alan Rickman's. Alan Rickman's might be part two. But yeah, uh, definitely always. Hello. I was about to say, I'm like, what are you talking about, Sean? <laughs> it's but definitely, two. definitely, I think this is Michael Gambon, Daniel Radcliffe's, and Tom Felton's best performances in, um, in this movie. I would okay. say Emma Watson's too, but probably. um, from here on it's out, like, she's 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 good to me. Yeah, Emma Watson. Yeah. Um, I I do wonder. I, I assume this is just generally known stuff that at some point Daniel Radcliffe started drinking rather heavily. Yeah. I think it's after this movie, right? I, I was going to ask at what point did that happen because, um, I don't know. It, 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 Harry is very stressed out in seven yes. and eight. Yes. But uh, I, he's not quite as stressed out in this one and he plays. Yeah funny really well in this one so i just wasn't <laughs> sure when the drinking started it so might said, be the it might be it, part one it said he stopped in august of 2010 stopped he stopped in 2010 um okay well i don't know the exact well um, i don't it doesn't say when it started i'm just on wikipedia and it says that he in august 2010 radcliffe stopped drinking alcohol after finding himself becoming too reliant on it. Yeah, well, uh, understandably so. so. Uh, this had to have been a very stressful job. I cannot imagine. Um, and honestly, boy not looking so good these days. I think that playing <laughs> Harry Potter took a toll on him physically. I don't know about that. I think he uh, looks okay still. Mm -hmm. I disagree. Mm -hmm. I disagree with you, Caitlin. They're set for life, right? They're, oh, yeah. They don't, they well, don't have to work again. That's Group why he does all these goofy. Yeah. Like, that's why he does all these goofy, like, he's doing that little show on TBS where they play, yeah. like, Oh, yeah, Miracle Workers? Yes. Demons or angels or something. Um, That's why he does all these goofy things. He doesn't need money. Yeah. Does no, Rupert have an ice cream truck? Yes. yes, he drives it around, and he doesn't have a license to sell ice cream, so he just gives it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that sounds like Ron. <laughs> Rupert grins so much. Yeah, uh, he's, he's also, he's in um, Lego House's music video. I don't know what it is. That's the one when he plays Ed Sheeran, right? Yeah, where he's pretending to be Ed Sheeran. Yeah, the, oh, that's like, so good. <laughs> I, who's Lego House? It's a, it's, it's a Ed, music Sheeran, Ed song. Sheeran song. Yeah. 
Oh, it's a song. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. looks a lot like Ed Sheeran, so he like it, it. The video's like he is Ed Sheeran, but then the twist is that he's just like a super fan, like pretending to be him. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's really. It's good. a great music video, yeah. and the song is really good too. Um, I don't remember the last music video I've ever seen. Uh, I I don't watch music videos very often. Me neither. I think the only reason I watched the Lego House one was years later, and it was because I found out Rupert Grint was in yeah. it. Um, because that music video came out in 2011. What? They were still making the movies. Yeah, I didn't realize Ed Sheeran was a singer in 2011. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, I guess Lego House is just one of his older songs. He had um, to have been an up and comer. I guess at yeah. that point, yeah, yeah, it must have been. Uh, well, we we digress a little bit. Anyways, yeah, way off the thing. What's the next scene? Ron Love Potion. Who chose the Love Potion? Me. Sarah, why do you like Love Potions? You know which one? The scene when they're in the bedroom and he's he ate all the candy. Do you think and she even like, knows I exist? Yes, yeah. He's like the moon, so. isn't it lovely? I love that scene. Uh, he I does like a great job up. with it. He, yes, uh, I like yeah. them both. I love yeah. the fact that Harry thinks he's talking about lavender, and yeah. when you figure out who he's talking about, and Harry obviously figures out exactly uh, what's going on. Um, I do like the follow-up, and I love the fact, okay, so this is awful, but I love the fact that they just healed him, him and Slughorn, like, cheers, and then Ron collapses. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't even cheers Ron. They didn't give a shit about Ron. They were, like, (laughs) congratulating each other. Can we also talk about the fact that Slughorn, like, a kid has been drugged, comes to him for help. They help the kid, and he's like, all right, underage students, would you like to drink with me now? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that seems a non-issue. Yet. Yeah, but it seems to be a non-issue in this world. I always understood that they drank butterbeer because it was non-alcoholic. Uh, no, uh, well, I, that was it always unclear to me. It had a little bit of me. alcohol. Okay. It, that was always unclear to me because in the books I thought it was non-alcoholic, and obviously what you get at like Harry Potter world is non-alcoholic. There but... is an alcoholic version though, isn't there? I don't know. I think there is. Yes, yeah, so you Potter can world. get like fire whiskey added to it or something. But in the movies, they always seem to get drunk off of it, so I remember that confusing. Dude, I think it's like a little bit. Come like, there's a tad. Crashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. Uh, when well, is that? Yeah. No, when they're when they're getting home when they're leaving uh the little pub in this movie and Oh, they see... I think I don't think they're trash. I think they're just like No, Hermione's like drunk. I, I don't think she's I, I think it's supposed to just be like them having fun. Mm, okay. I thought I, I thought she was drunk. Because be just because they're so normal when like as soon as everything happens, they're so Okay. Katie Bell, like you know, gets fucking flung in the air, and yeah, <laughs> and and as soon as that, like they're they're so okay, and they're like right into action. I think they were more goofing off during that scene than drunk. But do they, I think they must? I think they get drunk at some point in the book off fire whiskey. Um, in the seventh book, maybe. Um, That's I know drinking. Thing. I think America's the only country in the world where drinking is like so foreboding. And you know. in the Wizarding World, it's even younger than it is in England because yeah. it's 17, not 18. But even in other countries where legally it's yeah. it's that yeah. age, like, 
if you're just at home and your parents fix a glass of wine, they'll yeah. totally fix you a glass of wine. Like, it's but not you know a what? big deal. Still, my point still stands that that kid had been drugged and now Slughorn wants to throw a raver. <laughs> and it's like, the rager. <laughs> yeah. Dude, what are you, what are you yes. doing? Also, they, oh, the reason Harry knows to grab a, um, what's it called? The little thing he shoves down his throat? Bezor? Yeah, the Bezor. Is because <laughs> he had read it in the book. Yeah. The book in... doesn't exist in the movie, Kevin. I mean, it does, but it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> but he had read it. It had said, just put a little Bezor in it or something like that in Snape's handwriting, which he didn't yeah, like, know was Snape's down handwriting. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so he saw it and thought of that and was like, well, I'll give this a try. And it worked. So Snape saved Ron's life. Mm. And that's never, like, brought up. Never brought up in the book either. Or in the book. No, but you could that's make the connection. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is anyway. the stuff that you we would add to the TV show. Yes! Absolutely! Yeah. Expanding like, for the TV show. In one episode, he would have been flipping through the book, and yes. he would have randomly, offhandedly read a few things. Yeah. And, and it then by the next episode... The Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. The next episode or a few episodes later, we'd be like, oh, shit, that was important. Wow. What a twist. Uh, Kaylin, you chose Harry taking Felix Felicis. Yes. Okay. So this oh, great scene. Is, this yeah. whole thing is my favorite, like, sequence from any of the movies, I think, because he takes it. And then they're like, okay, so you're going to go to his office. Right? He's like, no, I have to go to Hagrid's hut. I think it's the place to be tonight. And he's just so goofy. Like, he, he managed to play still Harry, but you could tell something's wrong. Like, something is yeah. not him. And then um, some of my favorite lines in, that I still quote um, is... Uh, when he says that would be counterproductive, Professor, Darren and I quote that to each other all the time. He says that when he's like, I forget what he says to him, but, uh, it's just so funny. And then him going down and, uh, just everything to me, it's just Daniel Radcliffe is like the best, like absolutely the best. So the best. In, in, in that scene, um, or that sequence of scenes. And then it, you know, it transitions into something a little more heartfelt at the end, but it's just great. I love it. I think it's so funny. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's very funny as well. Uh, I love when he does the, the pincher thing. He's like, probably yes. does the pinchers. And he goes, I think it's so <laughs> Yes. Uh, I yes. do that all the time. I'll be like. <laughs> the only thing I don't like about that scene is that he drinks all of it because. He's not. Yes. To. Yeah, because in the book, there's supposed to be a little bit left, and that's like how people survive the battle. At, uh, uh, true. The battle yeah, that they cut out of the book. Yeah, the, the battle movie. that's not in the movie is because this they split the rest of the Felix Felices, and there are moments where like, I think I think Neville is about to get killed, and it like flies by him and hits one of the other Death Eaters instead. Uh, that's right. Because he drank mm -hmm. the Felix Felices. Yeah. Uh. Anyways. Uh, Sarah, do you have anything you want to say about the Felix Felici scene before we uh, wrap this part of the show up? Um. Oh, I like when they all sing, when, like, the three of them are there just singing their little pub song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that's And it's just Hagrid. Is that the only scene with Hagrid in the movie? 
Um, I, I think I don't know. I mean, he might sort of be there in sort of the background of the the Great Hall scene at the beginning when they all get there, but he doesn't like play a part in that scene. I'm gonna level with you. The the only casting I'd be worried about if they were to recast for a TV show would be Hagrid. Hmm. Just because I think they nailed Hagrid right on the head, 100%. I could see no other take on that character than the one that we got. I think someone said Nick Frost, and I'm kind of down with that. Maybe. Hmm. Anyways, lie. that is our in-depth discussion, and sadly, Sarah has to leave us. Uh, yes, Caitlin yes. and I will continue to do the differences and wrap the rest of the show up, but Sarah, sure. you're going to head out, so why don't you plug your stuff real quick? Do you want me to tell you where I would rank this movie? Uh, yes, tell me that before you leave, actually. Let's just do that now. Why don't we do that now oh. before you leave? Uh, Sarah, okay. where would Crap. you rank this movie? <laughs> Why do you um, suggest it? Well, be, uh, okay, the more I think about this movie, again, the more I'm like, okay, I don't hate it, but it's not my favorite. Um, what, what, What's on my number? What's on my bottom? Is it Order of Phoenix? Sorcerer's Stone is your number five. Really? Wow. Yeah, and then Order of the Phoenix is above it. Um... Crap. Okay, it's uh, it'd probably be my last. I think I like Sorcerer or Stone a bit more than I like this one. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I guess it's my last one. Kaylin, where would you put it? Um, of the ones we've done so far, at the top. All the right. Best. So above Sorcerer. Number Stone. one, the best. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then I don't remember what order I had them in, but I have like one, two, five, kind of in the middle after that and then four and three at the very bottom yeah it's half-blood prince sorcerer's stone chamber of secrets order of the phoenix goblet of fire and then prisoner of azkaban yeah I'm, one two five five two one. i don't those are all sort of in the middle for me i don't wow i can't I decide if i want to judge this as a movie or as an adaptation because i you think want it to changes judge it as a where movie it's i know a movie. that changes where it goes um Probably below Goblet of Fire, but above Prisoner of Azkaban. So it'd be my number two. So which one's your number one? Goblet of Fire. Really? We have also different ranking. That's crazy. I know. Imagine if Sean had to, like, uh, make one giant one like we did with the Imagine if I was going to do that. Oh, shit. (laughs) It's going to be, like, crazy. Yeah, we'll figure it's gonna, it out. It's gonna. Uh, none of us are going to agree with it. Um, I I don't exactly know when we're gonna do it, but uh, it depends. We'll see. We're gonna finish the movies first, and then we'll have a conversation about other stuff because I know Sarah wants to do uh, other stuff besides Curse uh, Child. Curse. Yeah, know, yeah we'll we'll have oh. a conversation about it once we finish the movies. We're gonna finish the movies first, though. Uh, so Sarah, thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time for, oh wait, but plug your stuff, but we will see you next time for that <laughs> part one. You can find me talking about The Bachelor with my new co-host, Kristen, on Go Get That Rose. And then you can find me on Twitter at SCBOCK, S-S-E-A-B-O-C-K. All right. That's it. All right. Bye. 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 Kaylin, now it's time for differences. We'll try to get through this rather quickly. Oh, you mean we haven't been talking about differences? We've already done it, which is why there's not much to really talk about. But, okay. uh, we talk about, there's like this entire bit at the beginning of the book where the, uh, where they talk to the prime minister. Yes. Of the muggle world. And I think that concept is super neat. 
I love that the, like, when you become prime minister, the, yeah. the <laughs> minister of magic will just, like, appear and be like, by yeah. the way, you now know this secret. Don't yeah. tell anybody. Or else we'll know. Yeah. Um, I love that, and I love that they sort of are in cahoots a little bit. Like, you know, he yeah. is aware of some stuff. Because it does clear up some of the questions about, like, how do the muggles not realize? Uh, Dumbledore does not come for Harry at Privet Drive. He collects him at the train station instead. Uh, yeah. Whatever. I think all that was just done for time. Yeah. Like Harry, the chick that he flirts never... with. Yeah, they never talk about Harry inheriting Grimworld Place. Oh, yeah. Which is a thing. Um, and this is the most important thing that they omitted, Kaylin. When Harry gets to the burrow, he eats mm-hmm. onion soup. All right, and they talk about this onion soup a lot in the book. And when I read, in that chapter, it's brought up. They they say the words onion soup a lot. Like, okay. they talk about it a lot because then Mr. Mr. Weasley comes home and he has some onion soup. And then everybody's sitting around eating onion soup with Harry. And let me tell you, when I was reading that, at however old I was, I was so hungry, Kaylin. <sighs> and it's not <laughs> in the movie. Well, I don't know if you could, like, like in a book, you can describe food and, like, describe how it smells and tastes and feels. And in a movie, that doesn't translate. So I don't know that it's relevant. I need, I need to tell you, Kaylin, that was the difference I was really excited to talk about. That? Yeah. That. Because I was going through the list of differences. And I saw that it was like when Harry arrives at the burrow, he eats onion soup. And I started to vividly remember that passage in the book. And I started to get really hungry. And <laughs> I, I don't know why. Uh, anyways. Anyway. Remember that. Yeah, it's really not a big deal. It's just funny. Uh, most of the time, Riddle's backstory is admitted. We talked about that. The entire meaning behind Half-Blood Prince talked about that. Nonverbal spells. Oh, uh, did we actually talk about the entire meaning behind, or did we talk about that before we started? We may have talked about that before we started. So the whole thing with Half-Blood Prince obviously being that um, Snape's mother's last name was Prince, and he was Half-Blood, so he was the Half-Blood Prince. Um, and not- yes. Yep. At the end, at the end of the movie, he's just like, "I am the Half Blood Prince." And you're like, "What does that mean?" And he's like, "Fuck you." None of the nonverbal spell training because they're already casting nonverbal spells at this point in the series. Um, no apparition training. Nope. Harry and Ginny don't split up at the end of the book or at the end of the movie. Bill and Fleur completely omitted. Mm-hmm. And no battle of the Astronomy Tower. Uh, Harry is not frozen during Dumbledore's death. Right. But I like that Snape sees him in the movie because he doesn't in the book. Uh, yeah. Um. The only thing that it like, I feel like Harry not being frozen, Harry would have done something. Oh, I agree with that part. I just meant I like that um, Snape sees him in the movie. Yeah, and, and doesn't shush like the 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 uh, be quiet puts a mm. finger through his lips. I guess that's why in in the movie. Harry doesn't do anything because he assumes, like, okay, Snape is going to handle it. And then by the time he realizes Snape is not, it's too late. Yeah. Dumbledore's dead. Um, Watching it, though, in retrospect, like, knowing what happened and knowing, like, you know, that 
Dumbledore knew what was coming and yeah. all of that totally changes that scene, like how it feels. For making Harry watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's yeah. a dick for a lot of things he does to Harry. Yeah. Um, he, I think he, he definitely likes Harry. He definitely loves Harry, <laughs> but he, he needs to use Harry for something. Yeah. Oh, and 100%. he's aware of that. And so. Harry is a pawn in this game and the more you realize that the more you realize how kind of shitty Dumbledore is um which of course you realize even more how you know much more shitty he could have been or or was in the past through all the stuff with his family and everything that's kind of omitted yeah. um so I think that's the next book though for the most part it is. It's not in this yeah. one. I'm just saying overall, like, you realize more about, like, Dumbledore wasn't perfect and Dumbledore, um, had changed his philosophies more than once and, you know, those sorts of things. And you realize it throughout, throughout the movies. Whereas he was just sort of a god. Yeah. Uh, during the Battle of the Astronomy Tower, Hagrid's cabin is set on fire. But it's intentional in the movie, whereas it's an accident by Raoul in the books. And um in the movie, Hagrid is not present, and Fang isn't shown trapped inside. Uh In the book, Fang is trapped inside the hut when it catches on fire, and Hagrid and Harry use Augmenti to put it out. Uh But in the movie, that doesn't happen. Which... Whatever. That battle's a lot shorter. And the biggest crime, no funeral for Dumbledore. True. That entire sequence is cut. But yeah. Yeah. And the funeral is where Harry and Hermione, or Harry and Harry and Ginny break up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, which is a a bizarre place to dump somebody. But, (laughs) um, um, we also never learn, like, uh, even in the books, uh, her, uh, Hermione. Ginny was very timid at the beginning and got more and more like opened up a lot more as the books went on and stopped being like shy around Harry and stuff. And we learn in the books, I think it was this one, maybe it's seven. Hermione says, you know, I talked to her about it. I told her just be yourself, quit trying, you know, quit being scared to talk to Harry. Just be yourself. And if he likes you for you, whatever. And then after all of that, they do end up together and then he has to break up with her. So all of that is omitted, which is not a huge deal. It's not a huge grievance, but it sort of bothered me because I'm like, okay, so Hermione all this time knew what was going on and, you know, was a good friend to Jenny through it all. You know, you know what I mean? Like we don't show Hermione and Jenny as having any sort of real relationship. But we they don't had show much. Ginny is having any sort of real relationship with anybody, not even. Yeah. Yeah. She has no personality, but. No. Um, so. TV that's, show. TV show. Yes. Oh my gosh. I don't even know who would get cast because like, even if like today they start working on scripts that this wouldn't premiere for like two years, at least probably more because of the coronavirus. So like whoever it is, is probably like an eight year old kid right now. So like, yeah, this is crazy. I-, I want this to happen though. They need to make one, like they're doing with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the only thing about the uh, 
Lord of the Rings difference is that that's not, um, uh, that's not, it's not a direct adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's set like in a different time period. Um, yeah, but that's our show. That's all we've got. Um, (laughs) we only talked, you know, it was, it was about the length that we normally go, but uh, actually it was a little shorter than we normally go, but this is the length that I try to go. Uh, Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else for this movie, do you? No, I just, to me, I I just want to sum up by saying, this is the one that, to me, encapsulated best, sort of, this one and four encapsulate, like, what it feels like to be a teenager more than any of them. Yes, yes. Um, because in seven, they just have to grow up, and... I don't know, five was just weird. Um, but, you know, you're getting the relationship stuff and, and all of that. So this just encapsulate. like, I relate to it because I, when you're a teenager reading this stuff, the magic stuff you cannot relate to, but you can relate to the teenage interaction, classmates, you know, infatuation, dating, breaking up, all that sort of stuff really, really well. And so I... I really, really like this book and this movie. I I agree. Um, I'm excited to reread the book because I want to. After after remembering all the differences, I'm like, oh, I have to reread this book because I feel like I put a lot of what I love about the book into me loving the movie, even though it's not really there, if that makes sense. I'm just like, yeah, "Yeah, all this stuff happens off screen and we don't see it. And that's why I love the movie. It's like, wait a second, that doesn't track. Uh. Yeah, um, actually, I'm doing a reading challenge this year, and um, it's 12 books, but one of the the categories is you have to reread something that you've already read. And I definitely okay. want to re- reread a Harry Potter, but I've just been trying to figure out which one I should reread. I think you should reread this one. I might. I, I'm still debating, but I might. Because it's it's my favorite movie, and I kind of want to go back and remember what the book is like. Yeah. I think the book is, like we talked about more about Voldemort. Yeah, well, that's easy to do, since... Yeah, yeah. You know. Is Voldemort even... Okay, flashbacks is, of him are yeah. shown, but Voldemort... This is the only movie he's not in, uh, after he comes back. Yeah, he's not in it at all. We don't see him. Wait, do we see him at 7? Yes. Mm, Seven no, part yes. one. Yeah, yeah at the we see him at the very end as well. At oh, the beginning yes. and at the end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's not in this one at all. So nope. it's it it's kind of weird. Um, he's not even the main plot focus of three. Uh, number no. three. Um, the rest of them, he's sort of the main plot focus, but three is the most disconnected one. Yes. Uh, um. Yeah. Still connected, I mean, because, you know, yeah. of why Sirius Black went to jail and Wormtail and all that. But, yeah, you, you don't know, hear anything about Voldemort or, you know, anything like that. This no. one we should have. We just really didn't um, in the movie okay. form. Like, we should have gotten a little more of him. And I want to say this is the only one... This is the only book that he's in quotation marks without interacting with Harry. 
Because in one, he's on Quirrell's head and he interacts with Harry. In two, we see the manifestation of the mm-hmm. diary, Tom Riddle. He's not in three at all, so that doesn't count. Four, he's in and they <sighs> obviously have their duel in the graveyard. Five, he's in and they interact. And then seven, obviously. Uh, maybe not the movie version. No, they, they have a little duel in seven, part one. They, they, their wands connect over while flying to the burrow. Yes. Um, but uh, also, so if you think of seven, part one and part two as a single movie, they obviously yeah. have some, some yeah. interaction. So yeah, you're right. This is the only one where he really doesn't interact directly with, uh, Voldemort. This is really, I guess him and Snape's story more so. Especially yeah, but I feel in the like movie. even Snape's story is more seven. And at the very yeah. end. Yeah. I don't know. We'll talk about that next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to show up. Uh, we, do. we do. We need to go. We need to end before. We've tried to end several times. We're Lord of the Ringsing it. We are. We really are. Uh, where can the people find you, Kaylin? They can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at KaylinRow715. That's K-A-L-Y-N-R-O-S-E 715. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore AFK. By the time this is out, there should be another show on this feed uh, talking about video games because I found two co-hosts for that. So we Ooh. should starting that in a couple weeks now so that should definitely be going by the time this comes out so yeah obviously i don't know i don't have a name for it yet but i'll be doing that on this uh feed so check that out as well um you guys can follow merc with movie blog on twitter at movie blog merc it's also on anchor movie blog merc it's called merc with movie blog on anchor but the url or whatever is movie blog merc because you know character limits uh and yeah, you can find this show and others on the Merc with Movie Blog podcast feed, which can be located on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio, Public, Breaker, and Overcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll catch you guys next time when we do Deathly Hallows Part 1. Bye!